Welcome to Gov Innovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is a new initiative to help nonprofits and funders build and use evidence and to help nonprofits improve their programming with data. It's called Project Evident. With us is its founder, Kelly Fitzsimmons. Here's a clip. There is a fairly strong perception among a number of funders and a number of researchers that nonprofits don't want to evaluate, don't want to build evidence. And actually, what we heard in our interviews is the opposite. We actually heard that nonprofits are hungry to engage in evidence building. They just want to build evidence in new ways. Project Evident launched earlier this year to help nonprofit leaders and their funders develop and implement multi-year evidence-building plans, plans that can help those nonprofits to provide evidence-based programs. The effort is led by Kelly Fitzsimmons, formerly of the Edna McConnell Clark Foundation, and Scott Cody, formerly of Mathematica. One of the underlying motivations for the initiative is this. While many funders want to fund research that would lead to a third-party rigorous evaluation that measures program impact, nonprofits and funders could often use help in designing and carrying out the steps that can lead to that type of rigorous evaluation. To learn more, we're joined by Kelly Fitzsimmons. So Kelly, tell us how you explain Project Evident to those who are new to it. Absolutely. We are essentially helping nonprofit leaders and their funders build evidence on their own terms by providing a plan and a way to think about doing that work over a multi-year period with the requisite funding and technical support to implement those plans. In cases where nonprofits may not have their own specialized staff, maybe they don't have an evaluation director or they don't have a data analyst, we will either help them find the staff or they may use some of our staff to get that work done. In the event that they're not sure how to do basic things, like maybe find an evaluator or hire an evaluator or prepare for a randomized control trial or understand what an implementation study is, we'll pull together the knowledge and information, the how-tos, and help them connect to that guidance and to others that have done the work. And we're ultimately going to help build a larger group of nonprofits with evidence plans that can be considered for funding, for participation and pay for success activity, for participation in rigorous third-party studies. So we're ultimately hoping to build a pipeline of opportunities on those fronts. I know that in preparation for launching Project Evident and to formulate its strategy, you did a large number of interviews with nonprofit leaders, philanthropic funders, researchers, people in the policy community about what the barriers are to building and using evidence in social policy, particularly among nonprofits, and what could be done about those barriers. Tell us some of the conclusions you drew from those discussions. Sure. There were really, I think, five major insights that came to the fore that really undergird our work. The first big insight is that we really needed to break the one study at a time approach to evidence building. This one study at a time approach also, we think, contributes to the thumbs up, thumbs down dynamic that we'd like to reset in favor of a more continuous evidence building function. And to build on that point, tell us what the world would look like for a nonprofit 
in the environment that Project Evident is trying to create, where the focus is on continuous improvement? The nonprofit has an intentional plan for building evidence over time that is based on their own questions that might be questions of approved nature or an improved nature. They are using different methodologies, maybe running some of the evidence building techniques themselves, maybe going to third parties. But that is constructed in a much more intentional fashion, sequenced, budgeted, and driven into operations. That makes sense. Tell us some of the other insights that you drew from the interviews. So in in relation to number one, one of the other insights that we really came across is that the approach to evidence building has resulted in nonprofit leaders in particular being somewhat marginalized in the process. Our shorthand for this is that really nonprofit leaders should come from the caboose to the engine of the evidence building train, if you will. The, I think the third big piece of this, we think it's really essential to help craft fundable evidence roadmaps that help align stakeholders. So in addition to doing that planning work, having the communication tools that can illustrate what a good evidence roadmap looks like for an organization with a leadership that's then bought in, or point number two, and is driving this agenda, makes it easier for more stakeholders related to a given organization to see the evidence direction and become aligned with that direction. And that might, those, that might be funders. They might be frontline staff. It might be policymakers in a given geography. It might be board members. But we really heard from a number of practitioners and a number of funders about the lack of alignment around the value and importance of evidence building. The fourth key insight that we heard, and this is a bit of a myth-busting insight, if you will, there was a fairly strong, there is a fairly strong perception among a number of funders and a number of researchers that nonprofits don't want to evaluate, don't want to build evidence. And actually, what we heard in our interviews is the opposite. We actually heard that nonprofits are hungry to engage in evidence building. They just want to build evidence in new ways, that they are very interested and motivated to understand if the theories of change that they intended are actually working, and if they're falling short, what do they need to do to address those gaps? because they are in their work to fulfill those theories of change and serve their beneficiaries as best as they can. The fifth one is that funders can do so much more to support and accelerate data use and evidence building. And that might also require some capacity building and learning on the part of funders, but they sit in a very unique space given their ability to supply funding to research firms to nonprofits, but also to leverage scale and spread 
knowledge about this work across the field and make tweaks to their grant making practices on things like, and these are like low to no cost tweaks to make on things like requiring data sharing agreements on things like requiring evidence plans or more intentional learning agendas on requiring the sharing of findings with peer organizations to accelerate the knowledge base if we're trying to solve collective problems. And also on things like providing the safe space to fail, really embracing learning, which means embracing failure. I think funders can do a ton to create a better context for testing, adjusting, and growing, and then really help discerning what we could grow and scale on the basis of what we've tested and prototyped. I appreciate you sharing those five points with us, Kelly. Tell us finally where you and the team are in project evidence rollout? So we just launched um, a few months ago and we have set on this what we're calling a proof of concept phase. We're designing these evaluation plans. We'll be prototyping those with three organizations shortly and then adding another seven to 10 organizations over the next year. We are also launching a little R&D lab and we're piloting tools like Applied Predictive Technologies Test and Learn, Jim Manzi's A-B testing tool, the RCE Coach that IES um, worked with Mathematica to develop. I think that was, that was in response to Jim Shelton's call for a TurboTax for RCTs. It's an open source randomized control trial tool that was developed for EdTech, and we're working with Mathematica to adapt that for use in different sectors. And there's a handful of other program improvement, data visualization, and other tools that exist that we think with a little adaptation we could test and then make available to more organizations and groups on a broader basis so that they can use these tools themselves or with minimal support. I know many of us will be watching it closely. Kelly, good luck to you and the Project Evident team as you continue to ramp up. And thanks for giving us a Project Evident 101. Andy, it's always a pleasure talking to you about evidence.